0: Hey folks, another busy week of politically charged legal news making the headlines. In Georgia, a jury convicted three men for murdering Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old black man in 2020. They now face life sentences in prison. In other news, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial starts in New York this week. Maxwell is facing charges for, among other things, sexually trafficking young girls on behalf of her associate, Jeffrey Epstein. And reproductive rights issues are once again before the Supreme Court. We are awaiting decisions from the court in a pair of challenges to Texas's restrictive abortion law, SB 8. And this week, the court will hear oral argument in a case where Mississippi is asking the court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Joyce Vance and I discuss all this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we are sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider that's cafe.com slash insider we look forward to having you as part of the insider community so it turns out that sometimes joyce (laughs) you and i are wrong when we predict things although we continue to do predictions but sometimes we're correct this week turns out we were correct about something
1: it looks good in hindsight, right? But I confess, I was nervous about this verdict all the way through in the Arbery case.
0: So there were convictions for all three defendants in connection with the killing of Ahmad Arbery, the unarmed black man who simply was running. You and I discussed last week that we thought that the evidence was strong. The case came in well. The prosecutor did a good job. The defense lawyers had not really made out a case for self-defense, or even a reasonable citizen's arrest under the law in that state that has now been repealed, not everyone was convicted on everything. Do you want to do a rundown of, of who got convicted of what?
1: I think we should, because it's really interesting the way it turns out, I think, demonstrates how dedicated the uh, jury was to going through the evidence and reaching very tailored verdicts based on the evidence, which I suspect makes the prosecution's job easier on appeal, getting the case affirmed, right?
0: Oh, yeah. We would always say, and I'm sure you, as a very seasoned appellate lawyer, also believe the same, that sometimes it's better not to get convictions on everything because you can make the argument to the appeals court when the defense inevitably appeals and say the jury was very careful. They didn't just blindly go the way that the prosecutor said to go down the line. Rather, they were careful. They acquitted on some counts. They convicted on other counts. That's the sign of a diligent, rigorous jury.
1: It is. And the important thing here is that all three of the defendants were convicted of murder. The Georgia statute—and it's worth reminding folks, right? Every state has its own criminal code. So when we're talking about state prosecutions, Georgia doesn't look very much like Wisconsin. Here in Georgia— intentional murder, malice murder, is one type of murder, but there's also felony murder, which means a death that occurs during the commission of another felony. So while Travis McMichael, who's the trigger man here, gets convicted on the intentional malice murder count, his father gets acquitted on that count, and his father, Greg McMichael, gets convicted for felony murder based on a felony involving the use of that same firearm for an aggravated assault because he knows that his son has the gun with him he actually yells to him you know go get your gun and then we get to Roddy Bryant who's the the guy who just joins the chase and the jury apparently makes a decision that he's not aware that there's a gun so they acquit him on intentional murder they acquit him On felony murder based on the gun, but they convict on felony murder based on an aggravated assault using the vehicles. Three murder convictions, very strongly based in the evidence. They will be very credible on appeal.
0: And by the way, for purposes of sentencing, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of difference because they're all facing life plus, right?
1: I guess the prosecution early on here said that they would not seek the death penalty. So that's off the table. And the question is, did they get life or did they get life without the possibility of parole?
0: You know, one thing that's important, I think, to mention here and step back because a lot of people have said justice was done. It's always a peculiar thing to say, the phrase, and I think I said it at one point, some justice was obtained in connection with this verdict. Obviously, real justice would have been that Ahmaud Arbery was not killed in the first place for simply being black and running down the road. But the other thing that people may have forgotten, and we should remind them, this criminal case was almost never brought in the first place. There was one DA and then another DA who went out of their way, did not bring the case. And in fact, one of the district attorneys has been indicted in connection with showing bias and favoritism in connection with this case. So, you know, while we applaud at least I applaud, the result in the case and diligent prosecution that was well done and well executed. It almost never came to pass.
1: You know, it only came to pass because there was this video that gets leaked to the press, I think not for the purpose that it ended up being used for. And so it's sort of a tortured path to justice. And one of my concerns is that this case will leave the news cycle and it will seep out of our collective consciousness and people will have this feeling that justice has been achieved. But I think the lesson of this case is that we have to always be vigilant if we want to make sure that we move towards having more justice in our system and, and in our world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the future. We've already talked a bit about sentencing. That'll happen in some period of time. Do you expect it'll we'll all get life?
1: You know, life versus life without is an interesting calculus here. I think Travis McMichael is a candidate for life without. The prosecution has said that they'll see. When you say life for without,
0: you mean life without parole. Without, without parole. The possibility of parole, right.
1: And so that's really a stark difference, because in, in Georgia, life with the possibility of parole means you can serve a significantly shorter sentence than we think of when we think about life in prison. So— I would expect the prosecution will charge pretty hard at sentencing here.
0: Now, the other thing that will happen, as we also alluded to a few minutes ago, appeal. Now, I didn't watch every minute of every day of trial, but I did watch a lot of it and read a lot about it. And I've read a lot of the analysis, as you have. I don't see a great appellate argument here. I saw some expert talking about the defense lawyers were making noises about an appeal on the issue of the denial of a change of venue.
1: Good luck with that.
0: (laughs) That seldom succeeds. They got the jury that they wanted. In fact, there was a lot of controversy with respect to the the jury that the defense got, almost all white, in a case involving the death of a black man and three white men accused of killing him. Do you want to explain why that's very, very likely to fail?
1: You know, this is the sort of challenge that's often made and that rarely succeeds, and Georgia law and 11th Circuit law, both because we're, we're in the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals here, really leaves this pretty heavily to the discretion of the judge. And unless there's an abuse or unless there's, for instance, evidence of an actual taint in the jury pool, this sort of argument really isn't going anywhere.
0: Yeah, because the real argument is you have to argue that there was something wrong with the jury you ultimately got, that there was bias, that they knew too much about the case, but they've already gone through the process— whittling down the jury pool. And so I I agree with you that I don't think there's much of a chance there. I don't don't think there's anything else really either. Maybe there's some things that we missed, but I think the, the judge was very careful in this case and the verdicts will stand.
1: You know, they do have a really excellent appellate lawyer. The former chief of the appellate division in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Savannah is involved in the appeals So I suspect that this appeal will have more to it than I would certainly believe possible because the case tried very cleanly, and I'll be interested to see what the arguments are when we see that first brief get filed.
0: One thing that might be confusing to people is there is still a pending criminal case against these three men brought by the Department of Justice, the federal government, hate crimes case. And you said something interesting on Twitter about that. It's always a question that people have. You know, why would you have a double prosecution? It doesn't implicate double jeopardy because there are separate sovereigns, there are different statutes, there are different elements that are required to be proven in connection with those violations. But often people think of the federal government as being a backdrop. So a state prosecution, civil rights prosecution, or some other kind of prosecution like the one you have in this case, fails. There's an acquittal or there's a hung jury. And then the feds step in to try to get justice for the victim or victim's. By bringing a federal case here, they didn't wait to see what the result was. The case was already brought, and it's pending. And if we are correct that the three men get life or something close to life, whether it's with or without parole, what's the point of having this other federal case? Why go forward with that? And part of the reason is, you know, the federal government has its own interests and wants to make sure that justice is vindicated and make sure, you know, in case there's an appeal that's successful, you have a federal conviction that sticks because... Even though we're predicting otherwise, you never know what's going to happen with an appeal. But now that there's been a conviction, is there an incentive on the part of these three men to reach some resolution? Or is there an incentive on the part of the Justice Department to plead it out a little more cheaply or to drop the charges? Or do you think we'll see a trial next year?
1: You know, I'm going to leave my crystal ball in its case for this one and and just say, I think it's— Wait a minute, but
0: you made a prediction on Twitter— well, and, and I here? stand
1: by that prediction, but, All right, well, what was let that me prediction? explain. My prediction is that these defendants will want to serve time in federal prison, not in Georgia state prisons, which our listeners may recall were the subject of a recent DOJ lawsuit against Georgia, alleging that conditions in those prisons are, are really bad, particularly with Greg McMichael's status as a former law enforcement officer. He's going to have some interest in doing federal time, not state time, I would think. What it comes down to for them is is this calculus. Do they believe that they have a good shot at the state appeals? And how quickly can that appeal process happen? If they find out pretty quickly that they're not going to win, or if they look at their chances and decide that they would rather have the advantage of being in federal prison, to the extent that that can be considered an advantage, as opposed to uh, lengthy appeals with poor prospects— then they may well decide to just go ahead and plead out to the federal charges.
0: So back to a subject, Joyce, moving on from Ahmad Arbery. Something we talk about every week, and I think we're going to talk about next week and the week after. And that is what is going on with respect to the state of abortion, uh, not only in Texas, but in the country. We have been waiting for a decision on that Texas statute, SB 8. We talked about oral argument not long ago. Went poorly for the state of Texas. A lot of predictions that they're going knock that, that down. thanks for listening to hear the full episode head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks that's cafe.com slash insider to the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community thank you for supporting our work